welcome to Hot Girls Code, a podcast all about the tech industry, software development, and being a woman in tech. I'm your host, Lola. And I'm your host, Orti. So as we spoke about last week, it has been just over a year since we dropped our first episode of Hot Girls Code, where we introduced ourselves, spoke about our tech journey so far, and how we got into tech. And because it's been a year, it's definitely time for an update and a deeper dive. So welcome to part two of our interview series. Now, these questions didn't just come from our brains. We also took to our Instagram to gather some questions that you folk wanted us to ask each other. We also had a sit down and a big think about all the things that we want to know about each other. And today is very exciting because I am going to be interviewing Orty to find out all the answers to all the questions that we are begging to know. I know people have been like sleeplessly waiting for this episode, obviously. Yeah, it's like, oh my God, did you know that the interview with Orty dropped today? Like, oh my God, exciting. But to begin with, because, you know, it's feeling a little bit awkward between Orty and I right now, we figured we'd better start with some fun questions to break the ice. So first question, Orty, why do you hate sandwiches? I feel like this is going to get some people really riled up in our DMs. But yes, it's true. I don't like sandwiches. So you can confirm you hate sandwiches. I don't hate all sandwiches. I would prefer to not have sandwiches. I just... I just would prefer eating other things. Like, I feel like in a sandwich, the ratios are just all off and you're at the mercy of what you can fit between these two slices of bread and also like what impacts the structural integrity of it all. And maybe it all falls out and then it's just messy. Spoken like a true engineer. (laughs) Whereas, yeah, instead, if I would like 100%, if you gave me like a sandwich that had all these ingredients or I could have the exact same ingredients in like a salad bowl, I would take the salad bowl. And I don't understand why people love sandwiches and hate salads. See, I love salad bowls, but I also love sandwiches. Yeah, I don't know. And also I find most sandwiches, the bread just isn't good. And Mm. I'm about to say a really pretentious thing, but the only sandwiches I really like are from this one place in Italy where they do these really, really good sandwiches. We get it. You went to Europe. (laughs) A year ago. But like, I remember because I sent my boyfriend a picture of the sandwich and he's like, you don't like sandwiches. I was like, no, these are really good. I had these, I think I had three of these sandwiches in three days and I had so I had them for lunch every single day and I remember I came home and I like showed him pictures of each sandwich because I got a different one each time and took a photo and he was like you never get sandwiches with me you hate sandwiches and I was like I like these ones and that's because they had good bread really great ratios with the ingredients and it feels like they weren't constrained by the sandwich the sandwich was just you know born to be great So hashtag not all sandwiches. Not all sandwiches. Now, the next couple of questions have actually come from some of our followers over on Instagram. Now, the first one, what's your favorite Taylor Swift song and album? Yeah, this is a really hard question. Loaded question. Yeah, I really love a lot of Taylor Swift's entire discography. I think for albums, I think my top two albums are... This was top one. I understand that, but it's easier said than... So I would personally think that one of my favorite albums would be Lover, or honestly, recently, I think it might be Midnight's, but I once did the Taylor Swift spreadsheet where you had to rank every single one of her songs on like a scale of one to 10, and then it like calculated which one you liked the most, and it told me that Speak Now was apparently my favorite, which I found wild, but I was like, you know, checks out. So I don't know. So I'm going to say three. <laughs> I'm going to say 
Speak Now, Midnight's and Lover. In terms of favorite Taylor Swift song, I literally have an entire, I have an entire playlist dedicated to different Taylor Swift moods. So I don't think I can pick just one. And another question from our Instagram. Who are three people you would want to have dinner with and why? This is hard. Well, obviously one has to be Taylor Swift. Makes sense. Um, because I would just want to like thank her for providing the soundtrack of my life. The other two is hard. I don't even know. I would love Ada Lovelace. She was one of the first computer programmers ever. And I think one of the things that's really cool about her is she like wrote a computer program before computers were actually a thing. She like literally just wrote it on paper. And I just want to be like, how, how your brain do that, girl? And the third person that I would probably want to have dinner with is, oh, this is really on the spot. So I'm really struggling with it. I feel like I'm going to listen to this later when I'm editing. I'm going to hate all these answers. But I think the third person would be Michelle Obama. So I think that'd be a nice little like nice little dinner party. You know, me, Taylor Swift. Michelle Obama and Ada Lovelace. And I just feel like everyone would have a lot of really great insights to bring. I would love to hear everyone's life stories, get some hot tips from everyone. So yeah, those, those are the three people I've picked. I assumed that they had to be famous and they could be dead, so. I think that those were three very solid choices. And now that the ice is well and truly broken, I would love to talk to you a bit about your career journey in tech and just how you got to where you are now. So for anyone who doesn't know, what did you study at uni? So I studied computer systems engineering. So that's a four-year degree where your last year is kind of like the honors components. So you do like an honors thesis and stuff like that. Um, and yeah, that is both hardware and software engineering. And then ultimately I ended up picking a job in software and kind of staying in the software lane. Another question from someone over on our Instagram, what inspired you to get into coding? I think... Before I'd started university, I actually didn't think I would enjoy coding. And then the first time I tried it, I was like, oh, this is actually really cool. I've always really liked technology. And I remember when I was like, I used to get a lot of those um, like science kits when I was younger as like, I'd win them in competitions and stuff like that. Like a lot of coloring competitions had those as prizes. I don't know why, but I'd always enter them. And I remember once I like won a remote control making kit and I loved it. And you could like program the remote control afterwards, which now I'm like, oh yeah, that was programming, I guess. Um, but yeah, I've always really been interested by technology. I think, you know, it's all around us, it shapes our world. But it wasn't until I actually gave programming and coding a go that I was like oh I can do this this is really fun I it's the best parts of problem solving it's big problems it's affecting our day-to-day -day life but it's also really accessible because technology can be really accessible in some ways I love that you've touched on the accessibility there because it is so cool that nowadays it's not just you know one university that has a massive computer stored in one room that only a few people have access to. Most people have a laptop or a phone and there are so many resources online that you can actually learn more about technology and coding, which is so cool. So you've talked a wee bit about what inspired you to get into coding. Could you talk us through your career journey so far and what that's looked like? So in the degree that Lola and I did engineering, you had to do 800 practical work hours. And so I did two internships over two summers to do that. And the first internship, I did data engineering for a startup. And it was really cool because I got to work really closely with the CEO and founder of the company because it was so small. Unfortunately, I learned I don't like data engineering. And I also don't like the lack of structure with a startup, especially when I was starting off. And so for my next internship, I knew I wanted to go to a more established company. And so that's when I did the internship that I got 
at the company I currently work at. So I did a three-month internship, finished university, and then I was really fortunate to be able to go back to that company, and I've been there ever since. It's been about, I think I'm about to have my four-year anniversary soon. And yeah, I started off as a junior full-stack developer, and then I've moved up to being intermediate now. And yeah, and that's kind of been my journey. So that's your career journey so far. Looking forward into the future, what kind of impacts do you want to have in tech? Yeah, that's something I really think about a lot, especially with where I am in my life. I'm always like, what impact do I want to leave on the world? And I think one of the most exciting things about Hot Girls Code is being able to have an impact on tech in a way I didn't think I would. And I think that's just by creating a space for different kinds of people to feel like tech is for them. And I think, yeah, one of the biggest things I'm really passionate about is not necessarily advancements within the tech tech industry, but helping to make tech more accessible because it is part of everyone's everyday life. It's going to only continue to be. And I don't want people to, you know, shut their ears and be like, this is too complicated. I don't get this. This is too hard for me. And I really want to have an impact to help make tech more accessible, have lower barriers to entry, help people get better with their technical literacy. You know, we talk about literacy in terms of words, talk about financial literacy. I think technical literacy is a really important thing that we really need to make sure we're all building. That's so true and especially as the world just becomes more and more driven by technology it's so important that people actually have that basic understanding so that they know like it's just the basic things like oh is this a phishing email or is this a scam that they're trying to do and if you do have that basic technological literacy then you'll be able to spot those kind of things. Exactly. So I love that you've brought that up and I would love to talk a wee bit more about your role as a developer at the moment. So what is your favorite part about being a developer and also what's your least favorite? So my favorite part about being a developer is definitely getting to work on real problems and getting to work on them from the beginning to the end. I love being given a problem, breaking it down and coming up with solutions. And I love when you're like brainstorming with someone else and you start like bouncing ideas back and forth and you just start building this really great solution. And the more you talk about it, the better it gets. And you're like, yes. And then you get to go and build it. And it actually just like works like you expected or sometimes there's bumps in the road, but ultimately you get to the solution you wanted. So I just really love that. I think it's such a satisfying thing. I think it's can be really challenging, but like really fun. I think one of my least favorite things about being a developer is the fact that a lot of other developers are just really smart <laughs> and it can be really intimidating sometime. It's like you may be a really smart person and really good at what you do, but often you'll be working with senior developers or other people in even like higher levels of technical leadership that are, have years of experience on you and they are well above of average t- intelligence and that can just feel so intimidating and so it can make you feel really dumb even if you are really intelligent it can make you really question yourself. That is such a struggle because I feel like tech does attract a lot of really smart people so then when you're surrounded by all these smart people it's really easy to feel dumb so I totally understand that. Now, I want to change tack a little bit. We've talked about your tech journey so far and what your careers looked like, but I would love to talk a little bit more about this thing that we do called Hot Girls Code. So ever since Auntie and I met at uni, we've both known that we each have this passion for feminism and breaking down the barriers that women face. So it seemed like such an obvious thing for us to start Hot Girls Code together a whole year ago. But I would love to know, 
what's the origin story for your passion for women in tech? I think my passion for like feminism specifically started when I was really young. And so I am from Bangladesh and not to make a generalization, but for a lot of my experiences, Bengali culture can be quite patriarchal and it can be a big fan of men and men are the one that are going to go out there and earn the money and accomplish things in life and a woman needs to serve their husband. I'm not saying that's what it's always like. And for me, I was really fortunate that both my parents were very vocal about not wanting that for myself or my sister. That was, I remember my dad sitting me down as a child being like, someone is, people are going to tell you that you can't do things because you're a girl. They are wrong and do not listen to them and listen to me and your mum because we know better. And I remember like hearing that and being like, but why? Like I'm a girl and so people say I can't do things. And my dad would be like, yeah, I know it's dumb. He was like, I'm, I'm telling you this is a fact of life, but you shouldn't believe this fact. It is not right. It is fake news. Um, and I just remember feeling so angry about that. And there have been a lot of instances in my life where my gender has meant that people have told me to do things they wouldn't tell a man to do or things have happened and they've been like, well, you better get married or you better be looking for a husband. Even though I was like a small child or telling my mom like, oh, you should look for a husband for your child because, you know, you need to set her up for life. And it was just like infuriating to me. And I hate, I was I was so aware that I was privileged enough to have incredible parents that really put that messaging in me like that is not how the world should work. That is not how we want things to be. My mum, my parents were both doctors, so they were both very well educated and very like insistent on us getting an education. And it made me really angry that other people out there weren't fortunate. I had people in my life that their parents did believe that, oh, well, you don't need to go to university because your brother's going to university. So why should we bother? Or your brother gets private tutors. Why should you have private tutors? You don't need that. You're a girl. And it just made me so angry. (laughs) So that was my origin story. Oh my gosh. Yeah, that's so awful. But it is so great that you had those amazing role models in your parents to show you, actually, you can do whatever you want and to have that support as you were growing up. We talk a lot about technical concepts and the tech industry and just what it's like being a woman in tech on Hot Girls Code. But why do you think that we need something like Hot Girls Code? I definitely think one very obvious answer is the role model side of thing. You can't be what you can't see is the thing you hear quite often. And I also think historically a lot of the technical content out there is created by men for men. And it means that If you are someone that can't relate to the examples or explanations or analogies that are given, you might start seeking information and then feeling like you're constantly coming up against a brick wall or you're finding it harder than, you know, male peers around you. And I love the fact that we give people an alternative resource that's giving them the same information. It's the same stuff. We never say anything particularly groundbreaking, but it's never been put that way. It's never been put for that kind of audience. And I just think it's really important to give people diverse resources in every aspect of life. And I love that we get to do that for technology and Hot Girls Code. It's even like definitions. Like sometimes I'll read a definition for something online and I'm like, okay, that didn't quite click. So then I'll find another definition. And even though they're describing the same thing, you know, the other definition might just resonate more with me and suddenly that thing clicks. So I think it's really cool with Hot Girls Code that we are creating this whole other definition, this whole other explanation with all these new examples and things that people 
people maybe haven't seen before. And then potentially that's going to work for them in a way that, you know, historic examples created by men may not. So I think that is really cool. Exactly. I feel like it really does make a difference to not only hear from a voice that sounds similar to you or from people that sound similar to you, but, you know, to hear different contexts and different examples, as you said, it can really shift someone from being like, this seems completely impossible to understand to, oh, it's just that, like that makes sense. And also so many people gatekeep stuff. And so they'll like explain stuff with more jargon and then not explain the jargon. And I was just like, why do we have that? That's so dumb. And I, it makes me so mad. There is just a ridiculous amount of jargon in tech, but that is one thing we are fighting here at Hot Girls Code. So Auti, what is your favorite thing about creating Hot Girls Code? One of my favorite things is definitely when we have people reach out and they tell us like, I am the only girl in my team or in my class or something like that. And listening to Hot Girls Code helps me feel like I belong. And I think we say this quite often when we're like preparing episodes, we'll be like, I wish I had this back in the day. And it's really nice to be able to be the people that we needed when we were younger and seeing that impact and seeing those DMs. So if you are someone that is listening and you like, like our show and we've made an impact, do DM us. We literally screenshot them. We talk about them. We look through them. It makes all the difference. And it's definitely the best thing about creating Hot Girls Code. It is so rewarding when you realize like, oh, people actually listen to this and find it helpful. It's so nice. I'm not just talking into the abyss. Yeah. <laughs> so now I'd like to move on to some more specific questions about you, Auti. Now, I know last summer you had some experience being a people leader for one of our company's interns. How did you find your dip into people leadership and what did it teach you? I really enjoyed the experience. I absolutely loved working with the intern that I had. She was incredible and her, it was just so rewarding and it was really incredible. And it was really nice because I had a lot of people tell me like, I had a couple of difficult situations that came up, not directly with the intern, but more like things happening in the periphery that I was like worried was affecting the intern. So I had to work on that. And I had people compliment me and be like, wow, you've really like taken that on board really well. You've really um, aware of the situation, managed it all really well. And that was really nice. And so I learned I was actually quite good at it and I really enjoyed it. But interestingly, I also learned that I really, I really wanted to focus on the technical side of things for longer. For ages, I wondered how soon would I move into like more of a management people leadership type role. And I was just like, actually, I don't know if I'll ever move into a role that's purely people leadership because I really missed getting to do I was still doing technical work, but whenever I would be doing the people leadership work, I'd be like, oh, I kind of just want to go back to doing my technical work. And I felt like I would be really happy if I could do technical mentorship and do technical leadership more so than people leadership. Because even though I have such a passion for helping people when they start off in their careers, it definitely like something that fills my cup for me is getting to work on technical challenges and technical problems. A hundred percent. It's cool that you've been able to learn so much from that experience, but also learn more about what you do want to be doing. And actually, no, I do want to delve into these technical challenges and stay down that path. Yeah, it definitely helped give me an appreciation for, though for all the moving parts to just manage you. And so it means that if it's like, if I have a problem and I like talk about it with my manager, I know that I know what chain of command it's going, but I know that she's doing all these things in the background and maybe it'll take a while for the solution to happen. But I understand a lot more about kind of what conversations are being had and what's going on behind the scenes. As a software developer, 
your job is not all about writing code 24-7 as some people may think. A big part of being a software developer is actually taking those requirements from a customer, breaking down technical problems, and choosing how to implement the best solution. So what's your number one life hack for breaking down technical problems? I love this question. I think my biggest hack would be to know what kind of processor you are. I'm very visual, so I draw everything out. And a lot of people, I think, will try to do too much in their head. So if you're someone that does better with words, do words, do diagrams. I don't draw like physical photos, but I do like flow charts and stuff. And I feel like it really helps when it comes to understanding a problem and also getting your thoughts all out there. Don't try to keep it all in your head. Like even today I was working on something and I literally drew up like the box of the component that I would be working on. And I was like, okay, so these are the different elements that are in it. And then I drew like arrows of like where the information sources were. And it just helped me kind of sort through. And from that, I was able to straight away identify like four things that needed to be fixed before I could even start that piece of work. So yeah, definitely... Find the way that you like think and process things the best and then don't be afraid to do that. If it might be with words, might be with diagrams, do what works for you, but don't keep it all in your head. That's such good advice. Like as soon as you put it on paper, you'll see all of these things which you did not think about before. You've been a full stack developer for four years now and you have made amazing progress with your technical abilities. Thank you. (laughs) How have you managed your technical growth pathway to ensure that you're progressing in the way that you want? This is something I'm really passionate about because when I first started progressing technically, I really struggled. I felt like I didn't have much guidance. I was like, I'm really keen to learn, but what do I learn? Like I need someone to point me. I need to figure out what to do. And I really had to hustle to get resources and support. And I think it is something that people, you really can't underestimate how helpful it is to have mentors, people that are guiding you and having like a good manager. So I remember being like, I don't know what to learn next. I don't know how to support my technical growth better. And the people that were immediately around me couldn't give me any answers because for them, they either learnt differently or they were so far into their career, they couldn't remember what it was like when they were first starting. And so I just I just kept asking people. I literally just went to other people's managers. I went to technical leaders and I just was like, hey, so like, what do you think makes a good developer? What do you think people should, what skills should they learn? How should they learn them? And from talking to all those people, I was able to, kind of form the things that I cared about learning about and learning more about those things. And I mean, a lot of that stuff's also what we've done in Hot Girls Code purposely is we made this because we both kind of struggled with being like, what do I learn? And so we touch on a lot of those things so that people can get a taster and then dive more in. And also one of the things I did that I think is really important was I had a manager who was a great manager for other people. Other people loved working with them. They found them really useful. And I personally wasn't finding them that great. I didn't feel like I clicked. And it was when I would talk to these people and they'd be like, oh, just came up, came out of my catch up with my manager, went great, had great direction. I'd be like, I don't get that with them. That, and so I was fortunate enough to kind of be able, I asked if I could change managers and I was able to change to my current manager who is amazing. I know she sometimes listens, so hello if you are listening. But I just found that it was so much easier to, we worked a lot more similarly. I found it was a lot more easier to get 
progression from her even though she wasn't a technical person I was able to be like these are things I want to focus on and she was like great let's make this into a better more digestible plan and hey this is how you should figure out how to do these things and oh you need to learn this thing do you know how to learn it and I'd be like I don't know and she'd be like here are some great tips on who to ask what to ask them where to get resources and that made a huge difference I love that. Yeah, I feel like managers do make a huge difference on either, you know, what direction you want to take or the trajectory of your career. So I think it's so nice that you have such an amazing manager now. Yeah, something that I remember made me realize that our manager was the right for me was with my previous manager. When I said I wanted to do both technical things and non-technical things, I was told, you really need to pick. Like, you need to pick what pathway you're going down and you need to decide to be technical or to be non-technical now. And when I went to my new manager and I, she asked me the similar same thing. She's like, where do you see your career going? And I was just like, honestly, I don't know. I like both of these things. I want to do both of these things. She was just like, great, let's find out how to put guardrails up so you don't get burnt out from doing both of these things and make sure you do a good mix. And I was like, okay. And that was like such a green flag. That's amazing. So we've talked a lot about how important managers are, but we also all know how useful it can be to have mentors for guidance. And I know that you have a few mentors that you go to when you're questioning what the heck to do with your career. So I was wondering, how have you found mentors or people to guide you throughout your career journey? Usually I just kind of look around the people around me and I think about like the people that I really admire and that I really connect with and then I just ask them to chat. It doesn't, I don't never formally say like, can you be my mentor please? And I actually recently had a conversation with someone where I was like, I consider you a technical mentor and he was like, really? And I was like, yeah, did you not know that? And he was like, well, you never asked. And I was like, why would I? I just come to you for advice like whenever I'm stuck. And he was like, you do do that. Um, And so I really would encourage people to do that. If you are looking for a mentor and you're like, I don't know how to get one, look around the people around you that have skills that you admire, skills you want to learn, and just ask them questions. Ask them, oh, can we go get a coffee and chat? Or even just like, oh, what are you working on? Oh, how did you learn how to approach that? That's literally just made me realize that I have mentors that I didn't even realize were mentors. And I'm like, huh, I guess they are a mentor. Exactly. I feel like mentors almost turned into like a buzzword where people were like, my mentor did this, my mentor. Like they can just be that person on your team or um, you can have a lot of different mentors for different things. So I have mentors for technical things. I have mentors for non-technical things. I have people that, you know, were a mentor for three months and I went to them a lot in three months. And then I was like, great, like... I don't like I've learned what I can from you and then it's kind of like drifted back so definitely it doesn't have to be a high pressure formalized relationship it can just be like that person's cool I like what they do I want to be more like them let me get to know them and ask them questions I think the mentorship relationship is so I think because yeah it is such a buzzword like oh have you got a mentor and it can be a little bit intimidating when you think of it as being this big formalized thing so I really love that you've broken it down and said actually hey these are just casual conversations these can be people who don't have to formally be mentors but they're people who give you technical guidance or guidance in other areas so today we have interviewed the wonderful Orti. Thank you so much for sharing all of your wisdom with us today, Orti. You're welcome. So we hope you enjoyed this two-part interview series and feel like you know us better. 
our next episode is actually the last episode of season two of Hot Girls Code. And we will be talking all about goal setting because we've got New Year's coming up, New Year's resolutions need to be made. So we're going to be talking all about how to set some goals. And we're all going to set some goals in 2024 that are achievable and smart and we're going to do that. But if you enjoyed this episode, we would really appreciate it if you could share it with your friends or on social media to help us spread the word and get Hot Girls Code to more wonderful women. Feel free to also leave a rating and subscribe to Hot Girls Code wherever you get your podcasts. You can also follow us on Instagram and TikTok under at hot underscore girls underscore code to keep up to date with the podcast and learn more about the tech industry, software development, and being a woman in tech. Thanks for listening.